Hi, and welcome to the Genesis Podcast. We're so glad to be able to bring a small portion of our community to you through this medium and hope that you'll join us in our endeavor to embolden one another to change the world by effectively representing Jesus Christ. If you would like to know more about who we are as a community, as well as when and where we meet, you can visit us online at thegenesisstory.com. Also, if you have benefited from this podcast in any way or would like to participate in what we're doing here at Genesis, would you consider partnering with us by donating online again at www.thegenesisstory.com. There you can select the giving tab and how you would like to contribute to the general fund or even to the building fund. Remember, we can do more together than we can ever do alone. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. God bless. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. Dads, uh, we want to acknowledge you and... My wife and Amanda have uh, put little gifts for you there at the table. You may have seen them when you're coming in. They're a little jar uh, says, we're nuts about you, Dad, and it's filled with nuts. So if you've got a peanut allergy, stay away from that table. Uh, But for all the rest of you, enjoy. Take a jar. Feel free to take one and probably take two. If there's some there, and the kids will take the rest, I'm sure, but they're there for you. And we do want to acknowledge the important role that a dad plays. I remember, I think I've shared this before, one time I was watching an interview with uh, Byron Scott, the former Laker guard, uh, before he was the coach, and they were talking to him about how he was adopted as a child. And then when he became well-known, his biological father came into the picture and said, yeah, that's my son, you know, and he was there with his biological dad and they were asking him questions. Well, how does it feel to be, you know, reunited with your uh, dad? And he said, you know, anyone can be a father, but it takes a real person to be a dad. And in front of his biological father, he says, this isn't my dad. And I was just like, yes, it was just an awesome three-point shot. It just landed the point home that it's not a matter of giving birth to a child. It's a matter of being there for that child for their life. And that's what a dad is. And God bless all you dads who are in the room. It's a lifelong work, and we acknowledge you and have gotten you nuts. So... (laughs) Just to let you know. This morning, you you may have noticed that we're going to be doing things a little bit different. We are actually starting a five-week series that's entitled Surprise the World. And it's taken from Michael Frost's book that's entitled surprise the world okay i thought it was original on its own i don't have to do any more than that and so for the next five weeks we are going to be looking at how we can do just that to engage and surprise the world with the incredible love that god has given to us that we can show that to one another you know when genesis began i remember having this sense that i didn't want to do church. I wanted to be church. 
I wanted us to be more than just a place where we came to, we learned information, and then we left. I wanted it to be a, a community that was vibrant and alive and that produced life. And it's still my desire to do that, and I think we can still do more to become that. But oftentimes we fall into habits just because that's the way things have been done. You know, I don't know what shoe you put on first every morning, but it's probably the same one just because you do it over and over and over again. With me, it's my left shoe. I noticed it this morning as I was putting this together, and I thought, what's an idea of a habit? And as I was putting my shoe on, I thought, here's one. I always do this. I don't know why. Don't even think about it. Just fall into that. What would happen if we started creating habits that actually pushed us forward? The definition for habit is an acquired mode of behavior that has become nearly or completely involuntary. Often we're unaware of our habits and they just become routine, but are they good? Are they moving us forward? If you have a copy of the scriptures, open it to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3, we'll start at verse 15. I'm going to put it on the board so we can move forward. It says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. I love this verse because it is telling us how we are supposed to live, always being ready to give an answer for the reason of the hope that lies within us. And I don't know about you, but maybe you've grown up in church and you always thought that means I have to be an evangelist, right? You've probably heard everyone's an evangelist and you're thinking to yourself, you've not heard me speak or you would know that's not true. Some of us, the idea of being an evangelist is terrifying and very uh, unappealing especially if it's a televangelist, right? And so the idea of having to speak in front of people, declaring something, makes you feel uncomfortable or makes you feel uneasy. And you see, not everyone is able to preach, but we're all able to live lives that are notable. We're all able to live a life that someone looks and takes notice of. When the early followers of Christ began and it began to dominate the Roman culture, it wasn't just because of people like Peter and Paul who had this ability to communicate, this ability to defend and debate. It actually grew because of the hundreds of thousands of ordinary followers of Christ infiltrating every arena of life and society with these questionable, notable lives. So much so that everywhere it showed up, it stood out. And people marked those things. They surprised the empire with their unlikely lifestyle. These ordinary people devoted themselves to sacrificial acts of kindness, 
They loved their enemies. They forgave their persecutors. They cared for the poor. They fed the hungry. And in the brutality of life that was aimed at them, they didn't bring back and revile against the people. They actually brought kindness against them. Their influence was so surprising that the 4th century emperor Julian from AD 331 to 363 feared that they might take over the empire, and they already were. And referring to Christians as Galileans and Christianity as atheism, remember they thought they were atheists because they didn't worship the many pagan gods that were all around in the temples that were all over the place, He believed that their religion was a sickness. And so he wrote to the other leaders and officials to try and address these Galileans, these atheists about this sickness. And this is what he wrote. He said, we must pay special attention to this point and by this means affect a cure. For when it came about that the poor were neglected and overlooked by the priests, that's their priests, their pagan priests, then I think the impious Galileans observed this fact and devoted themselves to philanthropy. And they have gained ascendancy excuse me, in the worst of their deeds through the credit they win for such practices." For just as those who entice children with cake and by throwing it to them two or three times induce them to follow them and then when they are far away from their friends cast them on board a ship and sell them as slaves, which I guess was a common thing back then. Just remember that if someone's throwing cake to you kids, watch out. By the same method, I say the Galileans also begin with their so-called love feasts or hospitality, or service of tables, for they have many ways of carrying it out, and hence call it by many names. And the result is that they have led very many into atheism. These people are so kind. It's like giving cake out to kids, and people are now following after them because of this kindness. What he then went on to do is try to mimic what those followers of Christ were doing. You people need now to show kindness and to do these same kind of things so that we can do the same thing, win these people by our kind actions And it failed miserably because you can't manufacture kindness, at least not for a long term. It might last for a little while, but after a while, it gets old if it's not something that's genuine. And what had happened is that Christ had enlightened people to see that it is actually better to give than to receive that this is actually in line with what God has designed us for. And Christ has now given us this kind of life and it is overflowing from within us. The spirit of God has made us alive and this is what our life now looks like. And so when it started winning people over, they decided we need to stop this. We need to mimic them. We need to try and be out nice them, right? We got to out. I wish wish that would happen again, right? Let's out nice these people. And it didn't work. He went on to write, 
Why do we not observe that it is their benevolence to strangers, their care for the graves of the dead and the pretended holiness of their lives that have done most to increase atheism? I believe we ought to really and truly to practice every one of these virtues. For it is disgraceful that when the impious Galileans support not only their own poor, but ours as well, all men see that our people lack aid from us. They are making us look bad because they look so good. Where is that church? Where are these people? I think they're here. I think we are those people. I think we have that before us. And so what I want to do is see if we can develop and make some new habits. Develop some characteristics that can become part of how we live that start to help us be this kind of people that by our love, all people will know that we are his disciples because of how we care for one another. And so in his book, Michael Frost developed a acronym and the acronym is for the word bells and this is what it stands for b is bless and it says i will bless three people this week at least one whom is not a member of our church e eat i will eat with three people this week at least one of whom is not a member of our church l Listen, I will spend at least one period of the week listening for the Spirit's voice. L, learn. I will spend at least one period of the week learning Christ. And S, sent. I will journal throughout the week about all the ways I alerted others to the universal reign of God through Christ. The idea is, what if we started doing these things every week until they became a pattern in our life and normal for us. And what I want to do here is I want us to recognize that these things are developing character, right? The idea of blessing is the idea of being generous, and we're going to get into that a little bit more. Eat is hospitality, being hospitable to others. Listen is being spirit-led, not just reacting, but actually responding to what God is doing. Learn is to be Christ-like. Looking at Jesus and how we can emulate him, how we can become more like him. Sent is being missional, actually moving out. Now, the reason these tables are set out is because we're gonna have a little time of discussion we're going to have a little time of questioning, and this is going to be happening throughout the five weeks. So if you don't come back, I'm going to think you're not a social person and don't like hanging out with other people. <laughs> and so what I want you to do is now break up, and you can fit about six people at each table, okay? If I've got 10 people at a table and two people at another table, I'm going to call you out. All right, so everybody, six people per table, that should be enough. If there's not enough room... Pull up a chair and uh, make it happen. Find a table near you. You can definitely meet with your friends. You can definitely be with your family. I don't want you to... I'm not here to break family up. Okay. 
I've got a whole other table over there. Now you'll notice at the table there's some palm leaves and there's also this little idea of blessings that we are so grateful that Chris put together. And thank you, Chris, for making the tables lovely and inviting. Appreciate that. As well as a verse. And now I have a question for you that you guys are going to answer among yourselves. Okay. I want to ask you, what habits have you developed that are related to your Christian faith? Okay, what habits have you developed that are related to your Christian faith? Think of anything that you want. Talk about it. If you're not sure, ask, hey, what do you think that means? I could give you some suggestions, but I'm going to wait a little bit so you guys come up with some on your own. You're here on a Sunday. Where were you last week? Okay, anyway, that's as far as I'm going. There might be some other things like that. So a couple minutes, talk about this amongst yourselves. Okay. Let me ask you guys, what are some that have come up? Have you guys come with some things? Go ahead and shout them out. Going to church? Okay. Going to church on Sunday? Not all of you do that, by the way, but I appreciate those of you do. Yes. What is it? Trying to change? Okay. Changing your life. Great. Trying to become better person, reading the Bible, daily devotions, right? Praying, praying, devotions, coming to church. Any others stand out? Okay. Kind of that change again. Having a conversation about your faith with other people or church with other people. Okay. Kindness and charity every day. Okay. Serving God in your equation. The follow-up question to this is, are these habits moving you into the lives of others? Okay. That's the whole idea because a lot of things have been developed that are good, right? Coming to church is a good thing. Just want you all to know that. Having devotions, reading Bible, these are all good things. Wanting to better your life is all good things. Bringing Christ into your thoughts and how you move forward in life. These are all good things, but many times our habits are very much our own. And they're not pushing us into the lives so much of others. And the trick is how do we develop then habits that unite us together as followers of Christ, but also push us into the lives of others, right? Because what we want, and we've always wanted this, is we want not church growth so much, but we want kingdom growth, right? So it's not about getting people to come to church. It's about being church to people, And seeing the kingdom of God develop rather than, hey, you need to come to my church so that my pastor can tell you what to do, right? Because some people, that's the idea. Oh, you need to, if I can get you to church, then you'll be a follower of Christ and then you'll come to our church and see what we're doing is we're building a church, but not necessarily building the kingdom, And so I want to talk about the idea of blessing, because this week it's going to be about blessing three people. One can be a person of the church, and then one needs to be a person who does not come to your church here. 
Okay, what is blessing? What is the idea? To bless, it can have a lot of meanings. When the Bible was being translated from the Old English, the term was chosen to translate the Latin benedicor, where we get our, our word benediction, or the Greek eulogian, which is where we get the word eulogy, both of which have the meaning of to speak well of, to praise. And later, the meaning shifted towards uh, pronounce or to make happy. And so you've probably heard on the Beatitudes, blessed are those, and it's how happy. And it has that idea of to speaking well about these things. But part of the etymology of the term to bless is to add strength to another's arm. Okay, it is in respect to bless others, to build them up, to fill them with encouragement for them to increase in strength and prosperity. So when you think of the idea of blessing someone, what does it mean to add strength to another person's arm? Well, anything that relieves their burden in life blesses them. Anything that helps them breathe more easily blesses them. Anything that lifts their spirit spirits or alleviates their distress can be a blessing. It can be a small thing or a large thing, right? I think blessing another generally takes different forms, and we're going to talk about those forms briefly. One is words of affirmation. You can bless someone by just giving them a kind word. It's the simple, simple way to bless them. Uh, send them a note. Write them an email. Speak to them encouragement. Let them know you've noticed something worthwhile about them. Mark Twain once said, I can live for two months on a good compliment. Right? I went to one of my lessons and the person thought I was in my 40s. That was two months ago. I'm still living on that, right? (laughs) Words of affirmation are like oxygen to the soul. A word of affirmation helps our souls to breathe more easily. Gary Chapman includes words of affirmation as one of his five love languages, and he describes them as verbal support to communicate love. But he goes even further and he identifies the importance of empathy and blessing others with words of affirmation. He says, encouragement requires empathy and seeing the world from another's perspective. We must first learn what is important to the other. Only then can we give encouragement. With verbal encouragement, we are trying to communicate, I know, I care, and I'm with you. How can I help? We are trying to show that we believe in that person and in his or her abilities. We are giving credit and praise. So one of the ways you can bless someone is with a word of affirmation or encouragement. The second way is acts of kindness. I mean, who doesn't feel blessed when someone does a favor for them? When someone does something nice, someone brings you dinner, someone helps you with errands or some chores, right? 
My wife and I have this ongoing joke of helping each other make the bed. Who made the bed? Because it's easier with two people than it is with one, right? Because then you have to walk around. And man, that's so laborious, right? (laughs) But acts of kindness, when you're blessing someone, cutting the neighbor's lawn, babysitting an exhausted couple's kids. Oh my gosh. Man, there's been times where we've been so blessed because someone watched the children. Right? So if you know someone who has kids, that could be a form of blessing. These acts of kindness literally add strength to their arm. They lighten their recipient's load, look for ways to perform an act of kindness in someone's life. And it doesn't mean it has to be in secret, right? We're not trying to be, you know, secret about this, but we're not trying to be flamboyant about it as well. We're doing goodness for goodness sake. Not like the Santa Claus song. Just for goodness sake, not in recognition. Okay? A third way is gifts. The recipient of a gift thrives on the love, thoughtfulness, and efforts behind the gift. A gift can show a person that he or she is known. I got a Dodger jersey for Father's Day. My first jersey, right? And so it's like, yes, why? Because they know I like the Dodgers. And so it was a gift that was thoughtful. They didn't give me some other team because there is no other team. No, right? They gave me a Dodgers jersey and it showed the thoughtfulness in those things. And so gifts are something you can do, not just for Father's Day, not just for birthdays. I mean, totally random gifts, almost everything ever written on the subject of love indicates that there is a heart of love at the begin- at the heart of love is a giving spirit a gift is a symbol of that thought and so gifts come in all sizes colors shapes some are expensive some are free some are given for obvious reasons again the struggling mother would appreciate that food basket the victim of some misfortune might be value by giving a gift that helps cheer them up. Uh, Some gifts are nothing more than an expression that the recipient has been thought of. Just a note, just a card saying, thinking of you, I'm with you through maybe something they're going through. Now, remember, the idea of blessing is to bless at least one person who is a part of the church, but at least also one person who is not. And what we're trying to do is, what if we did this every week? Every week you think, I'm going to bless three people. It is an intended job of mine to bless three people this week. It could be a fellow workmate. Hey, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. You just bless someone. So don't get all hung up. Oh man, this is really a lot of things I got to do. It's not that hard to just tell someone they're doing a good job, to make an effort to bless someone in some way. And then you might think, you know what? That's pretty easy. I'm getting out of this a little too light, just telling someone they're doing a great job. I think I'm going to actually go into the gift. I'm going to buy them a candy bar. Hey man. Got this for you. I know you like this candy bar. Got it for you, right? Hey, telling you guys, candy bars go a long way. (laughs) There's a joke there. I'm going to let it go. 
giving something, contributing some kind of blessing to someone helps so much, right? What happens is it starts to accumulate, and pretty soon it starts ricocheting. If we've got now 50 people in our community that are out blessing three people a week, now we've got 150 blessings happening each week. And hey, you can do more than three, right? But at least three. What happens when people are getting blessed? They take notice of these things. And so I want you to be a blessing to these people, bless people. It means that our community is propelled outward. We're blessing people who are not a part of our community in these ways. Just watch how it begins a culture of blessing. Because if you're blessing even someone who's here, part of our community... You're actually building the community up as well. It binds us together. It affects and strengthens our community as well as launches us deep into the world outside of our community. Even more than that, the simple act of blessing can have a huge outreach. I don't like the word evangelism because of the connotations that it has, but it reaches people. It has an impact outside of our community. Dave Ferguson, in his book, Discover Your Mission Now, recorded two groups that went to Thailand as missionaries. One group went with the idea of blessing. The other went with the idea of converting. So there's the blessing group and there's the converting group. At the end of their time working out for that period of time in Thailand, they found out... It's pretty obvious that the the group that actually did the blessing had more of an effect on the people than the group that went out to do the converting. What they also found out is that the group that just did the blessing had 50-time conversion rate, if you want to call that, than the group that went out to convert. And I've experienced that. I've gone on trips, mission trips, we call them, actually... I don't think we should call them mission trips. We should just call them trips and you take mission with you wherever you go, right? We went on a trip and all we did was hang out with people, become friends with them. And I am friends with those people to this day. And it's 15 years later. And I've had great and powerful and deep spiritual conversations about Christ, about love, about forgiveness, about homosexuality, about sin, about greed, about hypocrisy. I've had matter-of-life discussions with these people throughout the years, and it was just because they're my friends. Where if I would have went to try and convert somebody, that friendship would have lasted the two weeks or month or whatever time there is spent with that group. And so it's a big difference when you're there to become friends. Keep in mind that we're called to bless in order to bless. We're not doing this because we want them to be converted. We're not going with ulterior motives. Oh, I'm going to bless you so that now you will become a follower of Christ and come to church. Okay, no doubt those early followers of Christ that Julian was talking and complaining about We're feeding the poor, ministering to those who are dying and practicing benevolence towards all kinds of strangers who didn't convert. They didn't see it as a waste of time. 
I spent all that time with that person and helping that poor person and they never came to church. They didn't think, oh, that was a loss. No, you helped somebody. That was the point. God loves them and you showed God's love to them. And it was embraced for what it was. And that's when it is seen clearly, right? It was that kind of lifestyle because people pick up on if you're doing something with ulterior motives, right? If you're being kind to them because you want them to do something, they'll pick up on it right away. Kids pick up on that. The Galileans, as they were called, were doing these things with no sense of personal gain in mind. We need to develop that rhythm of giving that kind of attitude with the things that we do. Because that mirrors the character of Christ. That mirrors what Jesus has done for us. And it helps others see what the kingdom looks like. It is unconditional. It is God loving because God is love. It is God giving because God is generous. It is God caring because that's who he is. Also, we want to be careful that we remind ourselves that the key to successful blessing is in that the person feels blessed. Right? We're not going to bless someone with what we think is a blessing it's got to be what they think is a blessing, right? And, and so we want to do that. If our actions add strength to them, then that's good. If, feel, if people are feeling manipulated or used by our blessing, then those blessings aren't really a blessing. And so giving gifts in order to get a return for something, it's like bribing people to attend church. Right here, I've done something to you, and here's a flyer to my church. Okay, now I feel like I gotta go. And then you go there, and it's like, yeah, I'm here because they bribed me. Right? We don't want that. Remember Paul's words in Philippians two, three, and four: Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit; rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests. Of others. Every week for the next five weeks, we are going to look at developing habits. This week, our habit is going to be blessing. So what I want you to do right now, I want you to think and share of some ways you might bless three people this week. Remember, we've talked about affirmation, kindness, and gifts. So in your group, talk to each other and maybe something came to mind, share it with your group. You know, I'm thinking this might be a nice thing to do. It might spark an idea for someone else. So spend some time and talk about how you can bless three people this week. Go ahead. Talk amongst yourselves. It's great seeing you guys talk. I, I could let you talk on, but maybe you can continue their conversation together afterwards. Are there any things that stood out to you guys on your table? Someone maybe gave you an idea of how you could bless someone that impressed you. Any ideas? Anything come up? Yes. Sharing food. Anyone else have giving food? Food? Food's a good thing, right? What did you have? Just listen. 
Are you talking to me? <laughs> Let the person speak good without having to fix it, right? Or tell them what's right or wrong. Great, engaging, talking to someone. This is great, guys. What else? I love that. I love that. It's like uh, noticing them. You're not just a server, right? You're the person's name. Yeah, you're a human being. I acknowledge you, right? What about holding a door? What about giving a good tip? Right? What about giving someone a tip before they finish serving you? Hey, I just want you to know you don't even have to do anything. I just want you to have this. Just appreciate you. I just thought that. <laughs> then they don't say you give them an extra. Here, you must have a harder day than I am. Here's an extra tip. Anything else? Stand out? What's that? Okay. I got one of those cards. That was great. That was, it was very encouraging. Those things happen. Happy mail, giving someone that kind of gift. Now, let me ask you guys, did people come in mind as you thought of this, right? Those people came in mind? Okay. That's your targets then, right? This week, something came in mind. And remember, every week for the next five weeks, we're going to be picking these things, but it's not like this is done for this week and then it's over. This is to develop a practice. This is to develop a habit. Every week throughout this series and long past it, we want to have an idea of I need to bless three people this week, and at least one of them is a person who does not come to my church just for the sake of blessing. Again, it doesn't have to be huge. It could be a word of encouragement. It could be a note. It could be something small. Or if you feel moved, it can be something definitely bigger. The whole idea is that this then will become a part of who we are. We are a people who bless. We are a people who care enough to step into the lives of others by showing up and strengthening them. And as that becomes a habit, pretty soon three people doesn't seem like anything. Pretty soon you're blessing 10 people and you're not even counting anymore. It's just a part of who you are. You see, the way the church changed the culture is because of the identity the church had, and it was that of Christ who did believe it was more, it was better to give than to receive. It was a privilege to be able to step in someone's life and strengthen them because that's what God did for them. I'm only doing what's been done for me. And if we do this, we're going to see a change not only in us, but in who we are as a community. And if it never results in a person coming here, but it results in your voice out there, that's all that matters, right? We're not building a church. We're building the kingdom. I want people to come here. Don't get me wrong. I don't want you to say, oh, don't go there. He doesn't really want anyone to go there. I want people to come here, but more than I want people to come here, I want you to go there. 
Let's pray. Lord, I pray that this would be something we take seriously and that we are diligent to follow through. God, I know that it brought some anxiety to me as I was reading this book and I was thinking, who am I going to do these things for? Who am I going to, to bless? Or who am I going to eat with? And, and God, there is a social anxiety that many of us have. And Lord, I pray that we would push through that. That we would stop being so inclusive or exclusive with our time and with our lives and that we would begin, begin to be more inclusive. Help me, Lord, to get past those anxieties. Help me to push through these things and to be more generous with my time. Help me to be intentional about blessing because that is the only way that it will make a difference, not only in my life, but in the lives of those around me. We do pray your strength, your guidance, your heart, and all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together. May this week be not only a blessing to those you give, to but to yourself may as you give you find a well that keeps supplying what you need and may we truly understand what it is to bless and how it changes us god bless you guys have a great week i look forward to hearing your stories next week so come prepared with them full god bless you guys you have been listening to the Genesis Podcast. We invite you to join us at one of our weekly gatherings. You can find more information at www.thegenesisstory.com as well as opportunities to help financially support this podcast. Thank you for listening.